Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. All right. Amen. All right. So here we go. Last morning. Um, so... I, I kind of want to finish because what do we do from here now? That's, that would be a good question, right? So what do we do now? We spoke a lot. So obviously we love Jesus. That would be a good starting place, right? And, and it, it's, I don't think it's a fleeting moment that we're in, um, this, this draw to the Lord, this draw to intimacy, this draw to the, to the inner chamber of who He is, and a different understanding of what that looks like, this, this Isaiah 2. I've been on it all weekend, so by now you can quote it, hopefully. Um, or at least you know where it is. Um, but, but this is the call of the Lord in this season, right? And, and um, what I want to do this morning is I want to put together, it, it's for my own sake as well, but uh, being a little bit prophetic at, at times, I sometimes realize that I preach stuff, but it's like, you know, it's not even close. So I started preaching on stuff four or five years ago, and I feel like we're kind of entering into it now. And a lot of things that's kind of been happening over the last years, visions that the Lord has given me, or dreams and things that I felt, and I feel like it's kind of folding together a little bit this morning, and I want to share that with you, because I, hopefully it's going to give some direction of, of what I think the Lord is speaking. Maybe He's just speaking to me, so you figure out what He's saying. But, but I think that the main thing for me is that um, I don't want to... I want to build something, I want to produce something, I want to birth something that has legal right to stand before the Lord. Does that make sense? Um, I preached a message on it, uh, and I don't want to go into that fully, but out of the book of Revelation 12, where, it's, where it speaks of this lady that's clothed in the sun and with you know, seven stars and crowns and you know, you know, all that beautiful Revelation language. And she's giving birth to a male child, which is interesting, the word is specifically a male child. And um, but the beast or the dragon is is waiting there with a, with a dagger, and he's ready to destroy this this child that's going to be birthed. And um, and I feel like kind of that's been the season that we've been in. It's like things that we thought we want to give birth to, but some of them the dragon got hold hold of, right? Some dreams have been crushed <laughs> completely, and and some of it actually was the Lord, because it it wasn't stuff that had legal right to stand in the presence but this male child the minute he got delivered the minute he got born was was transported up right in front of the throne where he stood in front of his father and he had the right to exist because it was birthed out of the throne and it had access to the throne room so it's it's untouchable you understand and and what what i want to see is that we birth things that has eternal value you know that can stand there and it's going to speak for generations, or it's speaking in this season, but it's speaking exactly what the Lord desires. Okay? And something that is of value in this season, that is mature, and again, it's that mature, male child. Remember, I think I started the first night with, with the idea of mature sons of God uh, that are led by the Spirit. So there's a maturity that, that's coming to the body. Right, and that's what's kind of been happening in all of our hearts, and that's why it's been crazy and wild and all sorts of challenges. And on every level, we've been challenged, and on every level, people have been challenged financially, relationally, uh, physically even. So it's been it's been on all levels. There's been an onslaught, right? 
but God is maturing the body. And um, so in my heart, that's, that's kind of what, what I feel like. This is just, it's so important that what we do is birthed out of the right space. Right? It's, it's birthed out of the right thing. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, and I don't know why, I just kind of enjoy it, always have, is Luke 1, where, where the angel Gabriel goes to um, Zechariah, John's father. Am I right? Yeah. He goes to Zechariah, who's in the Holy of Holies. He, he, you know, he won the lottery that day and he could go in finally, um, literally. <laughs> and anyway, so he's in the Holy of Holies and he's ministering unto the Lord, and Gabriel um, rocks up. Um, yeah, imagine that, like physically. And Gabriel is there, and Gabriel starts unleashing on him the word of the Lord. He's just like, I'm just going to prophesy to you. Uh, like, you're going to, you, you know, you guys are like, I don't know, 500 years old or something, but your wife's going to have a child, and it's going to be awesome, and he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. You know, this massive word. And Zechariah goes, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's awesome, but I don't think this is going to happen. And Gabriel is like, Oh, this is going to be one of those guys. And he's like, I'm, We're just going to shut you up because you're a problem. Anyway, they shut him up, but this is what Gabriel says to him in response to the unbelief, right, that is flushing out of Zachariah's mouth. Uh, I, love, I love it, because Gabriel just stands there and he looks at him, uh, I love the phrase, and he says to him, it's almost like I can hear the rebuke, or kind of just like, what's wrong with you almost, you know, like, and he goes, I, Gabriel, stand in the presence of the Lord. And this is what I'm saying to you. This is going to happen. You, you, that's different, right? That's, that's something that was birthed out of the throne. And then it doesn't matter your unbelief or what you think or not. This thing is going to happen because God breathed on it. He breathed on that thing. And I, I, I feel like that's what he's saying. Is like, listen, he wants to breathe on stuff that is going to stand. And we can go, when the enemy comes and when unbelief comes and when fear comes, we can just go, listen, this thing was birthed out of the throne room. This is, we're not moving. This is not going to move. Because this is God-ordained. It's anointed by the Lord. It's, it's in the season. It's right. This is what the Lord wants from us. Okay? And Psalm 40 uh, has been like, a little bit of a theme as well. Psalm 40 verse 6, it says, Open my ear, Lord. It's that verse. Let sacrifice and offerings I do not want. The danger is that we keep on doing what we did, thinking it's right, because it was right, it was awesome, but it's not what he's asking in this season. Sacrifice and burnt offerings does not bring you joy. It does not bring you joy, but you open my ear, and you speak deeply into my spirit, and I become your bond slave, your bond servant for life. So it's about an open ear in this season. About hearing what the Lord says and responding. Hearing and responding. If there's one thing that COVID taught me personally, because I'm... Uh, yeah, Daniel can comment and Ingrid can comment, but Flame Ministries is not organized like others. But, 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 but we do plan ahead quite far in the future, like a year or so, because we travel, right? But it's very flexible within the wineskin. Let's call it that. <laughs> then it feels very spiritual. But, but the way the world has changed is I've learned that I have to live in a way that I can pick up and go in a moment. Right? Because I think what's happened, we all got tied down too much and it became hard to have that word of the Lord and just move on it. And that's a challenge. And if the season has taught us one thing, it's that what is God saying today? What is He saying today? Open my ear that I can hear today. Open my ear for this day. This day. Right? 
Do I need to respond to this? Don't I need to respond? Do I need to go there? Don't I need to go there? Um, Maurice is like locking herself in the Lord like I've never seen before, you know, and it, because it's the Lord. And um, so, so she literally just sits with me at times and, and we talk and there's like people want to visit, awesome people, we love them. Um, and she just goes like, I'm so jealous of my time with God right now. I just don't want to, I'm sorry, I'm just, we're, we're basically in a little lockdown, you know. And I feel there's something about that that is so important in this season is to be jealous of our moments with God because we really need His voice and we need to hear, okay? Because that's actually maturity, isn't it? Those who are led by the Spirit of a mature sons of God, it means I'm listening, I'm hearing, I'm being led by the Spirit, okay? Um, so this, that was the intro, okay? Zechariah 12, verse 10. I have preached on this um, before at this church, I know that. But let's just have a look at it again. We're going to do some revision and then we're going to build on it. Zechariah 12:10, famous verse. We spoke about outpouring last night, remember? Those of you who were here. And so outpouring to me is, is God is leaked in a different way into the earth. Like, and I know people get all technical about it, but God is everywhere. Of course He's everywhere. But there's measures of presence. And you know, I want to fight against it, but I can't because I've just seen it. There's measures of the manifest presence of, of the Lord in places. That's just the way it is. There's, like I said last night, there's, there's people that show up in an anointing that, that God moves in, and that's awesome. But then there's times where God just overrides everything, and He pours Himself over that. And that's a whole different ballgame. That's a whole different story. That's where 3,000 comes to the Lord in a day. That's where a city of 120,000 turns to the Lord, even if the prophet is angry. Right, Jonah, remember? That's, that's those kind of stories. Okay, so... So, uh, we had a conversation the other day, and um, a friend of mine, he asked a really good question. Because the thing was, outpouring is here. This is obviously what we're looking for in the Lord. But, but, but it always, there's this connection with intercession and outpouring. Always. If you look through history, there's always this tension almost between these two, or this working together of intercession that builds up into outpouring. And he asked a brilliant question. I thought it was so good. He, asked, he, he said... He says, does the intercession start because the revival is coming, or does revival start because we intercede? Which is a brilliant question. I, I have a feeling that it might be that revival is coming, and therefore something is poured out in, on this side of the thing called Zechariah 12.10. Right? Because it says, and I will pour on the house of David... And on the evidence of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and intercession. Okay? I know we've spoken about this in the past, but it's different in this season. They will look on me whom they pierced. It sums up everything we've spoken about, basically. Right? But it's amazing that it's a spirit of grace and intercession. It's grace and intercession. So it's like... There's an outpouring of grace so that intercession flows easily. Because who've, who've tried to lock yourself in a room interceding when there's no grace? Who's tried that before? Yeah. How much fun was that? Yeah. It sucks, right? It's like the worst thing in the world. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> right? You have to push through it sometimes because the Lord also watches our heart. 
Like he's also looking in our heart. And sometimes just by breaking through that and just saying, I'm, I'm pressing into this intercession thing, something does start opening up. Because we always need to pray. We always need to be interceding. That's just, you know, that's who we are as believers. It's not a, I don't like an intercession ministry, to be quite honest. And I'm not, not, I'm not against, I just don't like the idea that we've made it a separate ministry. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I, I'm not crazy about that because I think we all should be doing it. Although I do realize there is definitely special grace for certain things. Do you hear what I'm saying? But we're all supposed to be in intercession ministry, right? Every single one of us. Um, but, but something is poured out and it's this grace and intercession thing that starts working together and suddenly the hearts start turning to the Lord. And I do think that's what's happening in this season. I do feel that's what the Lord is doing. There's a turning to Him and they, we're looking at the one who's pierced and, and there's a mourning, there's a grieving in our hearts, we're stepping back to God. Something is changing, something is shifting, right? But these seasons precede outpourings. So it's an outpouring before the outpouring. Or it's the outpouring that actually builds in. And maybe we see it as a separate thing, but it's one and the same. Right? But what if that is what's being poured out in this season? We're looking for the miracle signs and wonders, which will be an outflow. But I think that this is what the Lord is touching on in this hour. Right? I think this is what He's touching on. The end of last year, the Lord started speaking to me. We were in the villages, and the Lord started speaking to me about He's raising up a Samuel generation. And I shared it with the guys, and it was so exciting because I, we saw like a, a real, and it's still going on, it's like a real move uh, among the youth in, in, in our villages. Like, they never came to church, weren't interested, and now they would just walk. Like, you know, little ants coming over the hills, just you watch them coming to the base. It's amazing. It's just been phenomenal. And there's something that happened in that. So I know that word was about, you know, a, a, a calling uh, to a group of people where God starts calling people by their name. Remember Samuel's story? Samuel, right? Samuel, Samuel. And God awakened Samuel, right? But the more I thought about it, this thing started progressing in my heart a little bit. And I started thinking about what was Samuel birthed out of? Yeah? I'm not going to read all the verses. Go to First Samuel 1 and you can go and pour into that. So what was Samuel birthed out of? A place of deep intercession by his mother Hannah. Hannah means grace, by the way. Grace and intercession. Grace and intercession. So this deep place of, because she's going and she's got an amazing husband, Elkanah. I mean, he's so good to her, but, but, but it says her womb was shut by the Lord. Interesting story. And then the other wife, which, which was the other wife, it doesn't make sense. And it's like, you all go, oh, he was a great guy, Alcona. But anyway, different covenant. <laughs> Penina, right, which is Jewel. Um, sh she's, you know, she's having babies left, right, and center. And Hannah is just, you know, it's not looking good. And, but, but it says that Alcona loved Hannah. And, and he actually had a deeper love for her than he had for Penina, Right. But Penina was using her fruitfulness uh, to persecute Hannah, basically. To mock and ridicule and all of that. There is seasons where the Lord shuts us down of what the world measure is fruitful and productive. Okay? Like, sometimes God would just lock us into a place and He says... There's actually grace on you. It doesn't feel like it because I'm measuring in terms of activity, 
souls, healings, uh, spreadsheets, projects, contracts, and we're, we're going all around like this. Right? We're measuring in a certain way, and that measurement actually starts to put pressure on where God has placed you in this season. But it's actually the season of grace. It's actually grace. doesn't look like it. It looks like, what the heck is going on? You know, why is she having babies and I'm not? But I'm the loved one. Again, you've got to hear that. She's the loved one. Hannah is the loved one. She's the beloved. But this thing is shut down and it's not producing at this moment, spiritually speaking and physically. Did I just say this thing? Shame. Sorry, Hannah. <laughs> Wasn't meant to be an insult. And, uh, and this is where she's at, right? And, and she, she finally reaches breaking point. And she realizes complaining to Alcana is not fixing anything. Right? That's not really the solution, although he's kind and he always gives her a double, double portion and all of this stuff. But they, they go to Shiloh to make sacrifice, right? To bring the sacrifices uh, to the Lord, yearly sacrifices. So these were devote people to the Lord. They loved the Lord. Shiloh means place of rest. So that's something. So finally, Elkanah, which means possessed by God, by the way, which is interesting. Possessed by God, he's married to, to Hannah, which is not producing, but, but he's the one that brings her to Shiloh, the place of rest, as the husband. Isn't that what the Lord is doing? Imagine they can, we can get to a place of rest where Penina's accusation is not getting us anymore because we understand that this is the place God has set us right now. He set us up right here. And this is where we're supposed to be. Right? And she finally breaks. She goes to the temple and she starts interceding like crazy. Grace and intercession comes together in the place of rest. Rest is important. If we're not going to find rest because we feel we're shut down, we're going to keep kicking into works, keep trying to plan something, do something. One of the hardest things for me is not to think of stuff. I'm, I'm like, Austin, like I'll get up in the morning and I'm like, I've got five ideas. What do you guys think? So the whole team is like, oh, no, please, here we go again, right? And out of the five, maybe one is good every five days. But anyway, I've got ideas. Ideas is not my issue, right? So it's hard to just rest and go, okay, this is where I am right now. This is where the grace is right now. Is prayer and intercession. It's waiting upon the Lord, right? And she goes into the house of the Lord. She's, she's doing her thing and she's weeping. She's broken. She's interceding. We don't know how long. And she's praying and all this is going on. And, and, and Eli, who's the priest in that season with his horrible sons, Phineas and uh, what's Ophni and Phineas, uh, who's got all kinds of agendas except the Lord, the, you know, he sits there and he watches her and she's praying in her heart, but her lips are moving and she's crying. She's weeping. She's, she's broken, right? And Eli looks at her and he, and he starts rebuking her because he thinks she's drunk. Again, do you kind of see this, this system of, or the way, and I, like, what I mean with system is just the way we do things, burnt offerings and sacrifices, right? This system, this way of thinking kind of looks at, at what's happening there and it goes, first of all, you're drunk, why are you doing this? You're wasting time. This is, this is waste, what's happening here. Remember the other one was Mary, who came in to the feet of Jesus among the disciples, not the Pharisees, disciples, 
and Pharisees, and she pours out a year's worth of wages. A year, basically, she took. That's what it says. A year she pours out on Jesus' feet, and she's just worshipping and weeping, and sitting there washing his feet with her hair. Everybody knows what kind of lady she was. And, and she's just pouring her heart before the Lord. And what do the disciples, I mean the trained awesome ones in that moment, what do they say? This is wasteful what's happening here. You are wasting. You are wasting time. You're wasting money. There's stuff to do. And Jesus rebukes all of them. Flat out, He rebukes all of them and He says, Wherever this, this is profound. Wherever the story of the gospel is preached, in, throughout history, don't ever stop speaking about what she did. Don't ever stop speaking about what's happening right here. She sat at my feet. She poured out her life. She chose the one thing. He says, don't ever stop speaking about this woman. It's, it's a big deal. He says, you're missing something. And history shows that those ones are not accepted often. Now, there is a kind of place where people sit and it's just an excuse to escape from the world. That's not what we're talking about. You know how I know it's the Lord? It takes more faith for me to do this than to be in a village right now. That's how I know it's God. Anyway, so Hannah sitting, Eli is just going off, what's your story? And the next minute she starts explaining and finally he kind of gets it and he's like, okay, right? And out of this whole story, Samuel is birthed, right? Samuel is birthed. It's a, a Samuel generation that God is calling. And it's not about age, all of us were part of it. It's a season in the Lord. And Samuel is birthed, right? And, and Samuel... Samuel grows up, listen to this, beautiful. Samuel grows up ministering unto the Lord. Look, look at these verses, I'm going to read them to you when we feel a little bit better. First uh, Samuel, it's not going to be First Samuel, this is going to be First Samuel 2, verse 18. So Eli's sons are busy you know, enriching themselves and they're busy with the programs and busy with the schedule and busy, 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 busy with everything all about themselves. And it says about Samuel, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child wearing a linen ephod. But Samuel ministered unto the Lord. But Samuel ministered unto the Lord. By the way, that is the priestly ministry which we are all called to. It's first ministry unto God. And Samuel ministered unto the Lord with his little linen ephod. Pure, no sweat, by the way. Right? No labor, it's out of rest. And this guy is just ministering unto the Lord, even as a child. Right? And then the next verse is uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Again, you, you, you see this thing where the priestly order is doing something, but there's a young guy, Samuel, who's, who's just, he's just ministering to the Lord. He's just 
grace and intercession is just pouring out before God, right? And then later in that chapter, we see where he's called and God calls him by name and all of this stuff starts happening. And, and then it says, uh, I think it's 3 verse 25, I think so. Yeah, somewhere. It says, And none of the words that Samuel spoke fell to the ground. So, so this guy goes from, from being this boy birthed out of intercession. Right, I want you to see the picture. He's birthed out of desperation and intercession. He, he gets thrown into this priestly function before the Lord, just ministering unto the Lord. And it says, 3 verse 1, it says, And the word of the Lord were scarce in those years. There's no, the word of the Lord wasn't flowing. There weren't prophetic utterances. It's not like the word was being taught or, or God was being proclaimed. And suddenly this guy gets called by God in the midst of a disorderly priestly function in the form of Eli, and God raises up something completely new, and not one of his words fell to the ground. That feels like something that has access and legal stance in the presence of the Lord. That's what it is. And Samuel never, never fell. He, never, he was just Samuel. Right? And Samuel goes on. And, and I look at this thing and I'm like, well, that's grace and intercession right there. That's what we want to see in this season. And then the Lord starts talking to me. I don't know when it was. It was the end of last year when I knocked my head. So we just need to check this revelation maybe. So you guys just measure that thing. Funny. We can talk tomorrow morning. But anyway. So, so, anyway, so the Lord, the Lord starts speaking to me about the Samuel thing. And he says to me, Hank, what is Samuel's greatest legacy? And I go, well, David. David. Because it's all the Lord, I get it. But Samuel anoints David, right? He also anointed Saul, but again, God anointed Saul because the people asked for it. Again, it's, it's fascinating how in two, like in the first 16 chapters, you keep seeing an old order and a new order. Old order, new order. Old order, new order. Saul, the chosen by the people, again, right? Everybody loves this guy. He's handsome, good looking. He's got it going, right? Yet fears the people. And the only reason God let him be anointed is because the people wanted it. That's scary, by the way. Both Saul and Samuel is anointed by Samuel. He didn't miss a word. But the one is destruction and the other one is life. And, and the Lord says to me, what does David represent? And we all know it's, it's worship and prayer. It's worship and prayer. 33 years of 24-7 worship in the days of David. Right? The worshipper of God arises as the king. And Israel goes into a season of deliverance and freedom and prosperity like it's never seen before. And it all started with Hannah interceding in her brokenness and going, Lord, why is this happening? Why am I not producing accordingly? And it's like God says, because Penina had lots of children. Hannah had some more as well. But it sounds like Penina had a, a bunch, a Brady bunch. But Hannah produced one with incredible significance that changed the course of history. Right? Something needs to be refined. We need to be refined in the fire of intercession. So that when we come out, that which is produced needs to be the Lord. 
It must be the Lord. Must be the Lord. Right? And something shifted because suddenly David arises. So, and then the Lord keeps challenging me on this and he's like, you're right, that is what David is. Right? And then the Lord says, uh, ask me another question. He, He says, who was the prophets before Samuel? I'm like, well, you know, Moses was a type and, and, and so on, but it, it wasn't like a full-on prophetic ministry. You know, in a way, it wasn't like this full-on prophetic ministry, although, it, you know, it was. But, and the Lord says, but Samuel, because who knows that Samuel started a prophetic school as well? You see that, because suddenly he started raising our prophets around him. So Samuel is the first of a type, Right? He's a prototype of something that started happening after him. He's the first one that we say that was a prophet, prophet. Right? A prophet of the Lord. Recognized by scripture as this is a prophet. Right? And David is an apostolic leader that is risen in this season. And suddenly I look at this thing and I go, whoa. It is an apostolic, prophetic merger that took place there in that season. And the nation of Israel got established on a foundation of worship, prayer, and intercession unto the Lord. Because a prophetic and apostolic thing was birthed by God in that season, and it raised up something that spoke and prophesied to this day to us. And what does Ephesians 2.20 say? It says that the apostolic and the prophetic comes together, and it lays the foundation for the body of Christ. A couple of years back, I did share it in 2017, I had, a, uh, I had like a trance-like experience, whatever, if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but that's what happened. And, uh, and I was caught up in, in this place, and the Lord showed me there's a, there's a new breed of apostolic and prophetic leaders that God's going to release in South Africa. That's five years ago, right? And I was so excited about it, it was amazing, and I don't want to go into it, I did share it with you guys, I think. And suddenly when I'm looking at this, I'm going... Because the, the new breed kind of got me. What does that mean? You know, because I mean, we look at leaders from the past. And again, I'm feeling like God is refining this thing a little bit. And, and it's coming closer and it's closer. And it's kind of like, this is where we're at right now. What is the, what is the apostolic and prophetic? And that's not about an individual. I'm talking about a grace on, a, on the body of Christ. The apostolic and a prophetic grace that comes. That, that pushes us into a place where we seek the Lord so that what we birth out of less activity will be more effective. Right? Shiloh, the place of rest. I made fun with Maurice because I've been, for five, six years, I've been dreaming about a prayer center. That's kind of in my heart, like for five, six years. Oof. Ah. And it's just never been, it's not been right. But I joked with her the other day, I said, oh, we're going to build one we're going to call it pew. She's like, why pew? Like church pew. It's like, because it's prayer, equipping, and worship. That'll be so funny. Like, we come to pew. Wouldn't that be awesome? No? Oh, bad name. All right. She didn't like it either. It's just me who thought that one was funny. <laughs> anyway. So, I want to keep you busy too long. But can you see a picture? All right? I want to end with this. So, end of last year. By the way, you need to go to Coxstad. Where's the young people? Right? You guys need to go. Right? I love that church. They are like your family. They are my other family. Okay? I and them. It's amazing. Uh, 
the first one they did, I actually went there, they invited me to share, which was so much fun. And it's amazing because we used to have a thing called Kreisvierkamp. Do you guys remember that? Funny, you guys remember. And it stopped. And the first one they did was on Easter weekend. And I, I didn't even know Robbie and them. I, I didn't know them. I was preaching in another church six months before. And I saw the advertisement for that thing. And literally I sat there. I don't know them at all. And I looked at Maurice and I said, I'm going to minister there. I know it with all my heart. And she, and she looked at me and she says, it's crazy, but she feels the same thing. We don't know each other. Like, three months later, I meet the leaders, and we just, like, connect immediately, Robbie and them, they're so awesome. And they invite me to a family camp, and I don't say a word about this thing, I just leave it. So they're not inviting me to this thing, and, like, I think a month before it, they phone me, and my schedule's like, they phone me like, listen, we all feel like you need to be there. I'm like, don't worry, I also feel I need to be there. So I'll clear stuff out, and we went. It is awesome. It's young people that love Jesus, they worship, they love the presence of God. I said, please go, all right. That was really good marketing. Tell Robbie. I did well. <laughs> All right. So, let, before I get into that dream. So, Matthew 11, Mark 11, 17. Jesus was a little bit upset. And he goes, then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called the house of... Yeah, for all nations. My house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. It begins here, but it also begins here. Right? And there was a season, I'm going to be honest, where these houses of prayers were popping up all over the place. It was so awesome. But a lot of it became like a little holy huddle, and, they, and it's awesome, but there's still lost souls out there. You understand? So, so when God is calling us into this, the fruit must be a nation's deliverance like David. The fruit must be a judge like Samuel that, that, that fights to have the presence of God established in a region. Because that's what they did. So that people can come to the Lord. So that the soldiers can go out and win. So that God's order can come into that thing. But it starts with, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. I, I feel that's what He's calling us to in this hour. And maybe it starts small. Maybe it's just one or two getting together. Maybe it's four prayer meetings a week. Maybe it's... I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. But we have to start somewhere. Just saying, if this is resonating in our hearts and this is what we feel, then why don't we lay our lives down into this? We, we spoke last night, and it's kind of like, okay, so Monday comes, what now? You know, we spoke about marriage and family and all of that stuff, and the good, the bad, and the ugly of that. So what happens on Monday? Well, the one thing that can 100% happen on Monday is, let's build a house of prayer. Let's start here, and just do that. If your wife doesn't want to pray with you, that's the one thing you can still do by yourself. If your husband doesn't want to pray with you, you can still do this by yourself. And what if we give ourselves to, to intercession in this season? We just say, Lord, I mean, we've spoken about this, but there's something that's ripe in this season about stepping into that place. And let's refine everything. Let's refine the prophetic words that were spoken out of our, over our lives. Some of them need to be thrown out. Some of them need to be kept. Some of them need to be prayed in. But let's through intercession refine these things in the furnace of the Lord and just walk out with the gold.
so that we know we are building with gold and silver and metal and things that will not be consumed by the next fire on the earth that comes. Samuels and Davids. Samuels and Davids. Right? I, I believe there's something about it. It's maturity in the body. Right? It's, prayer matures us in the Lord. It does. Because what do you need to do? You need to shut up. You need to not speak. You need to not just throw every idea out there. You need to go and sit with God and just go, Okay, Lord, is this really your heart? Is this what you are saying? Is this the direction I need to go in? And then we go. I'm trying to share less ideas. You can ask. I don't know if you notice. I'm going, I have something, but I need to sit with it a little bit longer. You know. And this is the season. Because I want Samuels and Davids. I want Samuels and Davids. I'm looking at a next generation. I'm going, Samuels and Davids, where are they? Where's the Davids for the Transkai where I'm at? Where's the Samuels that's going to run next to them? Where's, where's those for Zimbabwe? Where's Tani We spoke about Zim yesterday. Where's those for the nations? What is our role as a nation? How do we produce that? Because the, our nation is crying out for God. They don't know it, but they need God desperately. They're not hungry, but maybe when they see something different on us, they'll come. Maybe we've been telling them to change, but the bait hasn't been good because we haven't been carrying the presence of the Lord where we go so much as we should. You know? So, I had, I had the dream I had was uh, end of last year. And um, so, I haven't shared it in many places because I feel it's very specific and I know it's for you guys because of the relationship. So, I, I had this dream and, um, and in this dream I'm in a very busy airport. It's like, I, I almost felt like I know this airport. It felt like Singapore airport or Dubai, one of them. But it's like, I'm in this airport, it's beautiful, it's so, you know, fancy, it's... Um, it's not East London Airport, it's really fancy. And uh like East London Airport because it's small. You just go in and out. There's no... <laughs> just need to check your bag. <laughs> anyway, so I'm walking in this airport and I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm just... Oh man, I'm so excited. I, I like airports personally. I actually enjoy being on airports because it's just the most interesting people in the world all thrown into one spot. So I can just sit there and smile and laugh a little bit sometimes <laughs> and go, you, you guys are weird. But anyway, so it's awesome. So I'm sitting there, I'm in the airport, I'm walking around, I'm, I'm so happy and I see, don't laugh, but I see cheese. <laughs> you know those Swiss cheese, you know, the, the around the wheels of cheese. And, and when I saw it, I actually, it's so funny, in the, in the dream when I saw it, I got so excited and I, it's funny, while I was dreaming, I'm reminded of when I was young and I was still playing tennis and I actually went uh, to Amsterdam, the airport there, and they were selling these, you know, wheels of cheese. And I'll never forget, it was a guy on the airplane next to me who, who bought himself some cheese. And me and him would, like, eat cheese on the airplane the whole time. It was so much fun. Anyway, so I had, like, this awesome memory of this great cheese. Anyway, so I see this beautiful display of cheese. <laughs> and, I, and I'm looking at it, and I, and I see the price, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there is... No ways I've got enough money to buy cheese, but I really want some, right? And um, the next minute, my traveling companion at that point in time, it's so funny, is Bill Johnson. I didn't realize that at the beginning of the dream. So Bill is standing right next to me, and we're best friends. I can see it in the dream. I'm so excited. I don't know if you like him or if you don't like him. He's awesome. 
Anyway, so, so we're hanging out and, and he goes and he looks at the cheese and he looks at me and he says, don't worry, I've got this. And he, t- and he takes money from his pocket, like, and he takes out a big roll of cash and he puts it in my hand and he says, this is what he said, it was so profound. He said, I want you to go buy cheese for yourself and your seven friends. And I remember I got it and I'm like, oh, this is so exciting and, I'm, and that's the end of the dream. So, what's the significance? Well, I like cheese, so that's awesome. Uh, the significance for me in the dream is this, like, lots of things. But first of all, airports is always speaking about transition. It's speaking about liftoff and we're launching into something new. Right? And this was about September, October last year. And I know we know that the body is launching into something new. We are about to move into a different season in Christ like we've never seen before. And I know this is part of that thing, right? And cheese represents lots of things. The cheese represents, um, uh, some say, the glory of the Lord, which is really good. I think the glory tastes like cheese. That would be just right for me. Anyway, sorry if you're lactose intolerant or something like that. <laughs> anyway, so, so anyway, so it, it speaks of the glory, um, but cheese speaks of maturity. Yeah. A maturing uh, in the body of Christ. Yeah. And um, and before we can lift off, we need to get some cheese. <laughs> we need to get mature. And what does bull represent? The apostolic. And what happened in that dream, it was about apostolic currency that God started transferring to the body of Christ and saying there is apostolic currency in this season to mature, to grow up, me first and all of us together. And it's not about me, it's, it's a dream for the church. It's, it's about a maturity that's coming to the body of Christ. But apostolic grace, David, that grace is needed to launch this thing in this season. Here's the crazy thing as well. David had seven brothers. I didn't knew none of this at this point. And what did his dad tell him? He told him, here's some cheese, take it to your brothers as they're fighting Goliath. And suddenly, the youngest in the group, the most unlikely, the cheese boy, became the giant slayer. Yeah. And my prayer for today, what I would like to pray over us, is that 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 currency would be released. That apostolic currency would be released in this season. And that something would start flowing through the body that looks like a David and a Samuel generation, that looks like something that was refined by the fire, that is matured in the Lord, and the season is right to slay some giants that needs falling in our personal lives, in our lives of our businesses, the people around us, and hopefully in nations. That would be what I would like to see. You know, we, I, I shared it only one other place, and it was in Coxstadt, and uh, we... We had a glorious weekend, man. It was amazing, right? It was an awesome weekend, right? And we just enjoyed the Lord's presence. And it was wild and wonderful. And I just liked it so much. And then I shared this thing. And the night we were about to pray for the people. 
And as we're praying for this apostolic currency thing to be released, it was the weirdest thing because me and Robbie we were standing, we had a fire tunnel, maybe we should do that this morning if that's okay. We were standing opposite each other and the minute that we announced this thing, the weirdest thing happened. It felt like the atmosphere was sucked out of the room, like you know when, when it's like when everything is noisy and the next minute it just goes like dead quiet and you kind of go like is something just go wrong and you're like literally both of us we just looked at each other and like what just happened this is the strangest thing ever and we're standing there and I'm, I'm looking and I'm going I don't know what it is and it's so weird I'm like did we do something wrong it's because it's like all the fluffiness is out of the room right and suddenly as we're standing we look at each other and, and we just go this is clarity this is what it is this is clarity. This is what it feels like when you know. It's, it's not fluffy. It's not hyped up. It's just God. Right? And my prayer this morning is that the spirit of grace and intercession will be poured out. That will be point number one. The second one would be apostolic currency so that clarity and maturity can come to us. That's what we want to see. And I just want to remind you of one thing. None of the stuff I spoke about this week and I have figured out. I don't have it. It's a work in progress, like it will always be for the rest of my life. Right? And this is the same with this thing. I don't think we're mature. I don't think we have it figured out. I, I actually don't know what we're doing most of the time. Right? But we kind of just do it. And hopefully... God is speaking. Okay? Is it okay if we pray over this? Alright. So let's stand. How many of you got healed last night? I just want to hear. Anybody who got a healing break? Really? Your ear better. Yeah! <laughs> that is so cool. Awesome. Alright. It's so funny. Marise. She's so funny. Because remember I said somebody's right ear is ringing. And the next moment I'm busy and I'm checking my phone and she sends a message. She's like, your right ear is ringing because you need to phone your wife. <laughs> and I love her so much. Oh my goodness. She makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, anyway. We need wives. Né? She's a good one. Man. Anyway. So, I think it's a fire tunnel. Okay. I think that's the bestest, fastest way nee. so we're going to line up and, and you say who you want to be in it and you guys can organize it however you want uh, again we'll probably actually say it all okay okay so we're going to stand in the middle and you guys can just come from the back and go out and, and if you want to sit down or lie down somewhere just do it yeah don't be rushed okay and um, so let's just turn our eyes to the Lord okay that makes sense. I hope it makes sense what I was hearing. Okay. So Lord, I, I, I want to stand before you and just ask for, for that outpouring, Zechariah 12.10. Pour out the spirit of grace and intercession on our lives. Grace and intercession that we will behold the Lamb that we pierced. And we will mourn and we will weep because we fall in love. Lord, let, it, let, let this become a house of prayer. Let this become a house of prayer, God. Let this be one of many houses of prayer. 
Lord, let us refine vision. Let us refine our hearts. Let us refine our character in the fiery furnace of intercession and fervent prayer before the Lord. Lord, would you, would you come and do something different? I said it to somebody last night, Psalm 38 in the Passion Translation, the, the heading is, A groan before the throne. And I thought that is just exactly what it is. It's groaning for more of Him in the throne room and just going, God, we need You. We need You. We're praying for the nations. We're praying for the Lion of Judah to roar so that the sons will come in. We're praying for change. We're praying for revival. And Lord, I pray that You will just grace us with this apostolic currency, maturity, so that we can lift off and launch. Oh, man. How many of you are in a transition season? Just put up your hand. Can you feel it? We're transitioning, church. Everybody's transitioning. We are shifting into something new and it's okay. It's okay. Burnt offering and sacrifice I do not desire, but an open ear. We've got to open our ears and I'm telling you, intercession is the key. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.